Good evening, listeners. Welcome to episode 59, just two weeks after episode 58. What is going on? I know, 2020 like... really has gone mental now. With <laughs> yes. two going back to two weeks. Mad. Good evening, Ben. Evening, buddy. We have got a very, very special uh, treat for everyone tonight. Um, I will do most of the talking. No. <laughs> We've got Miles from Little Legend Paint Studios has joined us for the, the whole episode. Um, so we will be on the hobby desk uh, talking to him about what uh, his latest project is, um, as well as me messing around with 3D printing and Ben sculpting anything that moves or anything that stops moving, I should say, um, into the galaxy of war. Um, talking a little bit in there about the Nurgle Mechanicum mashup thing um into the <laughs> into the mortal realms um where we'll be uh, uh discussing the rather lovely uh signal the magnificent that has come along community section totally given over to little legend a fantastic patreon um that they've got running and uh, a, a christmas calendar of awesomeness uh, and then finally into the wilds where well you'll, you'll have to listen to find out that's it we ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Guys, you know what to do. Grab some refreshments and we will see you on the podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 59's Hobby Desk, and we are joined by Miles, the little legend from um, Instagram, Twitter, Frame, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us today, Miles. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, only recently discovered your podcast, absolute goddamn love it, so just delighted that you said yes when uh, I asked whether I could invite myself on the show and uh, chat to you and your, your fine audience. Yeah, we, we, were, we were chuffed that you asked, really. I mean, we've... <laughs> both been following your work for a, a long time um we're particularly fans of the heresy um kind of the aesthetic that goes with it and i personally from my opinion and i think you've got it absolutely nailed um if i was to start a heresy army i'd probably be looking at your stuff first to have an idea oh good is, thank is, you is, yeah <laughs> i'll lead him with that like accolade because i think um <laughs> when i when i do sort of look, look for um inspiration when it comes to heresy, the style that you've got is exactly the one I'd be looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very kind of uh, realistic military modeler esque. The aesthetic, yeah. very desaturated, very uh, I guess as photorealistic as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Heresy so... really benefits from that, doesn't it? God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very different visual language to say 40k, which is a bit more saturated, a bit more eye popping in nature, and AOS, which is extremely eye popping and extremely <laughs> visually pleasing. Yeah, it's kind of like the other end of the spectrum to that. Mm. But I, I, one of the things I quite like um, that you do is is introduce other colours that I I wouldn't have thought of. So today, I for example. I stumbled across your magnificent Space Wolf army and then nearly chucked all mine in the bin and stripped them. <laughs> again. Um, and it looked like, and I'm, correct me if I'm completely wrong, but it looked like you'd introduced something like Celia Green shade into the armor or something like that. Yeah. There's a little hit of green in the armor. 
Exactly. Um, so before this recording, we had a little bit of a catch up to, to make sure I wasn't like a complete mental case. And you can have <laughs> me on the, every other word coming out of my mouth wasn't expletive or something racist. Uh, and we got chatting about space walls and how to make grey interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we mentioned, OK, Fenris is just an incredibly interesting place in the set. Well, was an interesting place in the setting. Um, and there was different um uh, bits, different cultures yeah. on Fenris. So it's not only kind of like Vikings hunting each other on the ice. You'd have um, shipping communities. You'd have uh, those who live in the mountains, in the hills. And we got chatting about tribes that would live primarily by, on the sea yeah. and how it'd be interesting to maybe introduce some of that sea green into the undertone of the gray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at that, image again that's that's what i talked about with the client uh that was a completely commissioned army uh sent off thankfully very happy uh we talked about developing that theme a little bit more so mm. the um shoulder pads have custom kraken uh, yeah. emblems on yeah, them lovely. yeah yeah and uh like some of them have tridents on them they come very specifically from an area of Fenris and they've carried that tradition on and it's a nice way of embellishing your forces a nice way of making it your own without completely yeah. overriding existing um uh, visuals for an army yeah, yeah and when, when we spoke uh, you know and, and actually reading through your website you talk a lot about trying to to develop a visual language with the clients something you know the bits of them coming into the army they're kind of their likes and dislikes and how a theme should look. And um, I think that army really came across after our conversation. It, they they absolutely look like there's just a bit of a sea, the bit of the sea in them. Yeah, exactly. And it helps. I, I live in Swansea as well. So I'm right next to the coast. So lots of inspiration there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same coast as I'm next to actually just around the corner. Oh, we sail to meet each other. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't I, do I, sailing. If I'm sailing, I'm hanging over the edge of a boat vomiting. I, I used to visit <laughs> Bristol quite often as well before, well, before 2020. Yeah, I used to love going to Bristol. Oh, well, still love in the times before. Sorry? I love going to Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hang out with my mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I used to have a girlfriend in Swansea, and I, so I used to drive over there all the time. It was a long way. Was it a nice drive at the very least? It usually ended well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it was it was fine. It was fine. I had an old uh, Vauxhall Vectra um, that I used to uh, cruise over in. Hang on, so was this was when nice. you were living in Cornwall? No, no. When you moved You'll to Bristol. drive to Swansea, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a hell of a drive. Maybe catch a plane. <laughs> Blimey. I mean, I know I, I sort of was fairly desperate at times, but that's, <laughs> that would be very extreme, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's that's my contribution to the hobby chat so far. <laughs> Swansea anecdote. Yeah. Keeping it up, keeping it real there with that. I did go to the Games Workshop in Swansea a few times, uh, usually in preparation for Games Day. I remember driving a, a Luton van, which is about as aerodynamic as a breeze block. Um up from Plymouth, no, from Truro to Exeter to collect one bit of board and then up and across to Swansea to pick up another part of the board and then up to Games Day. That was a long drive. That, those were the good old days. Yeah. That yeah. was before the phrase um, carbon footprint really came into common usage. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah absolutely what was brilliant is no matter how many times you went over the brief between the shops when you brought the boards together they never looked the same no. <laughs> ever never did never no. did so um, other than the space walls that you've been painting for your um for your client what have you what's what have you been working on at the moment Miles? Uh, so personally um when lockdown hit uh, like my, my gaming group were all a bit bored or a bit depressed um we were all watching one of the Warhammer um, previews and saw yeah. Tarvit popped up and that got the old cogs working. And we got chatting in the group. Like, oh, wasn't book one betrayal really good? Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. But I've always wanted to play that. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's open the bar. Uh, no, yeah. let's, let's do Istvan three instead. Um, mm. So for the past several months, um, we've been doing a thing called uh, hashtag return to Istvan where we've been collecting one of the original legions and yeah. we had a few other people join in. So if anybody out there, if you want to join in, all you have to do is present your work on any kind of social media platform with a hashtag return to Istvan. Delighted to say we've had two completed entries already. The deadline is Defe December the 1st and I am fun. barreling towards it. Yeah. Um, was it the 28th as we record yeah yeah so, by the I'm, time this is out that should be uh that deadline will have gone yes just squeak underneath it uh so that's what i've been doing recently for myself a is that full, a full force sorry miles is that like yeah, by the first it's a full, yeah. yeah it's a full 1500 point centurion force um so centurion is kind of like an add-on to the basic horus heresy game uh where it's mainly infantry yeah. So we've all seen the artwork for the Horus Heresy. It's mainly big hordes of space marines clashing against one another. And the Centurion rule set, um, developed by guys in Australia, weirdly enough, uh, and you can find the rules uh, on oz.30k.com. Type in Mornival Centurion rules. It's a free yeah. PDF. You could Anybody can download it for free. Uh, but it's a way to encourage you to take more infantry-styled armies yeah uh, so that's what we've done 1500 points centurion all infantry i've drawn the the lucky straw and i've chosen or i've drawn sons of horus traitor and i knew i would take a long time to paint this stuff so i ch i chose very tactically um to go for a small model count army but a very high quality per miniature so it's yeah. all just there in all horus's elite bodyguard uh, led by abaddon and i've just finished off today uh, a rather nerve-wracking resin pour on a dreadnought that I've been developing. Uh, I'm very happy to say that the resin has set. <laughs> it didn't look like it would for a while, but it's fully set now and it's ready. I, I need to take photos of it tomorrow and, and post it up. So that's that's what's been occupying me personally, as well as commission work along the side. But uh, mm. yeah, that's that's why I've been developing. It's really it's nice to hear that your um your personal hobby is still. You know, that, that sounds quite an exciting thing to be cracking on with, really clear direction. And I suppose that can be a risk when, you're, when your hobby becomes your job. Uh, yeah, very much so. And I found early on you need to separate your personal hobby and your personal life from your profession. And I work yeah. from home as well. Um, so it, I had to get out of the habit of where am I getting out of bed in my pajamas and going straight to work. 
yeah. and it's the same mentality when it comes so to did i i got i got on the end of a disciplinary for that one uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah with zoom you can't hide now can you with the cameras no. <laughs> uh, and it's the same mentality you have to bring to your own work that i i'm a hobbyist i really enjoy painting and playing with this game this is my hobby but mm. when you do this professionally full-time you're painting all the time it, it if you're doing this constantly yeah it can get a little bit uh, boring a little bit annihilating um so yeah and I, I find having those kind of side projects things i could develop for myself they feed into my professional work yeah. So I can be a little bit more experimental with my own stuff because I'm not going to, if I ruin it, who cares? It's just for me. Yeah. So I'd never do a resin pour experimenting on a client's work. No. I'd always test that stuff first. So I, I find that the personal stuff I enjoy developing feeds into the professional. I'm able to offer a whole new range of different skills and different effects and types. And, and, and we can talk through those things. Uh, and I'm, I'm just more, stronger as an artist overall yeah yeah i i always found working for games workshop that i I just ended up not painting for myself because i painted so much models for the store that i just wouldn't i would i mean if i think about all the models i painted for for gw plymouth and yeah whether they would have been mine or would have found the energy to do mine at the same time it's a bit it's a bit depressing in some ways. And but... it's the style of painting as well, I think. So when you're churning out infantry models by the dozen for, for Games Workshop, um, it, it's a very mechanical process. You might yeah. use techniques that will give you the best bang for your buck as quick as possible. Mm. And that's not necessarily a bad state of mind to be in. So no. uh, I want to create more of a horde army next year, something like Krieg. But I want to have each miniature fall under 20 minutes from start to finish complete. Yeah. It's not a case of cutting corners, just dry brushing everything into annihilation. I need to set up certain portions, certain techniques to give me a good result in that time frame. Yeah. So, yeah, painting for myself, it allows me to experiment with this. And Mm. uh, like Al Schwarzenegger said, we all get the same day. It just depends what you do with it. (laughs) I love a bit of Arnie. He's turned into a... A pretty inspirational dude over the years, isn't he? You know what? I think he's been reading some Marcus Aurelius because he's come yeah. up with some corkers recently. Yeah, he's great. His um, his his book on lifting is still pretty much. If you if I recommend one book to anyone for weightlifting, that would be the one. Oh, okay. I I haven't. I've read a biography of his that wasn't too. Um, it wasn't. Sang- I guess it wasn't. Uh, authorized by him because it didn't paint him in the best of lights but a, no. a tremendously interesting human being yes yeah absolutely well you, you have to be to go through the things he's done um from being hollywood to being yeah. governor of california, governor of california. Step in. <laughs> yeah guy's got stories if nothing else so dan what have you been working on on your desk uh, everything very small. I've still been small, isn't it? Yeah, it's still small. So um, I have finished off the uh, zombies now from Forest Dragon. Um, so four units of Warmaster zombies, um, which I've done as like a group because I, why would you paint one unit at a time? They're so tiny. Um, and did all the basing and drowned myself in tufts as i said on the last one i just bought flipping loads of tufts because 
You oh, can't buy so... anything sensibly. Is the genuine no, answer to no, that? You see, absolutely. See a product and you're like, oh, one. No, I buy twelve. And yeah. tufts make bases look better, no matter they what bases you you throw a couple of tufts on there. It raises up a couple of levels. Absolutely. Yeah. These ones are really interesting as well. So these were from Serious Play, um, who are based in Hale in Cornwall, and um, something that I don't I can't, initially I thought there was something wrong with them, but basically when you push them down the the glue is quite stretchy on that holds the tough together so you you can actually force it into like different shapes and different in under mm. rocks really nicely and stuff like that so it's quite useful um but in my quest for colors i think i bought i think i've bought eight packs and each pack has between two and three hundred tufts in so I have lots oh, now. Um, but the trouble is, right, when I get into a project, it really annoys me. Like if I go to B&Q because I'm working on something, I got this off my um, father-in-law, really. I just buy everything I could possibly need and keep the receipt, build what I want, and then anything that's left, I take back. Um, but the problem is I'm not very good at taking things back. So what I just end up <laughs> with is loads and loads of stuff. Um but I hate being in the middle of a project and running out. I and do like, exactly you... the same thing with magnets. I do because <laughs> even after measuring how, how small I need them, I never quite trust myself. So I always buy a size smaller and a size bigger just in case. Yeah. yeah I'm right there with you. Yeah. You, you know, it's the way to do things. So, um, so yeah, I've got loads of tough. So I've done that. Um, and then also I have been playing with as revealed on the last uh, episode uh ben and i um collaborated to get a uh elegu mars 2 pro resin printer um so i've been playing with that and printing out well lots of things really lots of Warmaster. um so i've printed the rest of what i need for a thousand points then i printed it i've printed a thousand ish points of dwarves for ben chambers and then i've painted a I printed a load of wood elves um but this week I've started playing around a bit with Mesh Mixer, um, which for those that don't know is a file that it is a program that you can use to sort of uh, edit and adjust STL files. So um, only simple things so far. So the Graveguard that uh, Forest Dragon have done have got different banners to banner designs to the the skeletons, the normal skeletons. Yeah. Um, and I wanted them to be the same, to be uniform across the force. So I went into Mesh Mix and I was able to lift the banner off the off the uh, off the light skeletons, the normal skeletons, and then take the banner away from the graveyard and switch that one in, um, which cool. was quite cool. And then what the next thing I what I'm working on at the moment, and it's it's more of a learning curve. So I've got YouTube running with some thoughts about Mesh Mixer, um, but I'm trying to do so. One of the things a vampire army can do is raise skeletons, um, yeah. as you would expect. But those units don't count towards your breakpoint from a rules point of view. So I want them to look different. I don't want to paint them necessarily differently. They might have a bit more mud and stuff on them. So what I've done is um, when Gareth sculpted the skeletons, essentially what he's done is he sculpted like 12 different skeletons and then put them all together in different combinations on the base. So there's one which is crawling its way out of the ground so i've taken that one uh and then i've flipped him as well so i've got two and then i've got like one 
the one that looks the most ragged if if uh, <laughs> all skeletons don't look great i've got him i've got another one which i've then sunk into the base of it so he's partly coming out and then i was just working on this evening uh cutting away the spear arm so that i can put another arm in where they, so it looks like it's dragging itself out of the ground um so that i can have they actually look like they are being summoned freshly out out of the ground mm. um so yeah it's it's really quite fascinating it's quite interesting i quite enjoying it um the next stage is you know is is going to be getting blender and actually trying to sculpt bits and bobs but it's quite nice being able to just manipulate manipulate the files it's it's opened my eyes really to a lot of opportunity um so i ordered a liter bottle of resin this time i only ordered <laughs> half a liter last time uh, I've had a few failures as well, which I think has actually been a good thing because it it's kind of it can be quite frustrating because the printing time is like between an hour and two hours for for Warmaster figures, um, depending if they've got banners. You know, to do that and then it doesn't work is is a is a bugger to be honest. But it does test your resolve <laughs> in, in a certain field to actually keep going. Um, uh, and my resolve is often poor, so I'm pleased <laughs> that I've managed to make my way through. And it's only been because um, there's a couple of things, really. The main one was the file size, which is a bit of a weird one, where if you try and print something and, and the file size is too big, it, it can overwhelm it. And um, so I had basically filled the build plate completely with skeletons and a couple of other bits. And, and it was just a bit too much and the, and the printer didn't really like that. So it would get like a few percent in and then stop, give up and say, no, you silly fool. No one needs this many <laughs> skeletons. Um, and then today I tried printing. Uh, so you can download the individual skeletons, but they're not support. They don't come with support. So I tried putting my own supports in and, and to be quite honest, totally bucket it up because <laughs> it didn't work at all. <laughs> and they came out, but it was quite funny because they are skeletons. So it doesn't really matter. But like some of them came out missing legs and another one had a couple had no arms and it was just a bit of a mess, really. And put I said to Harriet and Harriet said, yeah, but that's fine because they're skeletons, aren't they? You just put them mm. partly out of the ground. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a, that feels like we're hobbying in the future, just listening to you doing that. that that's where we're heading, right? Fully customizable editing uh, for your own miniatures to print out. Yeah. Mm. And so there's a company uh, called Hero Forge who, where you can go online and pick weapons and all of that stuff, mm -hmm. and they'll print it for you. But like, this is like, I that had kind of seemed a bit crazy to me until this I got this and then I, I, it's sort of blown my mind a little bit. Um, the fact that it's just a, it's, it's also things like so I've bought an STL I've bought STL files for some dark elves and well now I've got them I I'm just like oh you know could do with a couple more units of spearmen Beep. <laughs> and it is like some kind of dark magic going on next year. Um, I think the interesting one, though, is so Ben and I, I don't know if you've if you've uh, had the displeasure of going back this far and how many episodes we've done. But um, we spoke quite passionately about recasting things and, and our feelings on it. Oh, no, um, I haven't. No. Yeah. So so, we, we, you know, to say we, we made it clear that we 
are not a fan would be a slight understatement, but it is an interesting one because so if you go on to Thingiverse or Cult 3D, you can find a plethora of files of Spartan tanks and stuff like that. Now, in six mil, to be fair, so so in a scale that games which don't make available, but then you start to say, well, that's that's not their IP. Obviously, it's Games Workshop's IP, and but at the same time, Games Workshop don't make it. So yeah, it's an interesting one. For me, especially because I love Epic and I really would like an Epic Heresy Army. And I know Epic Heresy Armies exist. We've seen them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully there with you. Um, the, the, I guess, recast armies that I've seen, the ones that have been printed out, uh, just, just against Spartans and printed them out, they they don't look as, currently, they don't look as good as the ones you can buy through Forge World or through, uh, like, online. Hmm. Um, so I... I it just uh, beside the morality of it, uh, I just think it's backward looking. You, I think we, you're using the technology in the wrong way. I think you could be a lot more forward looking in your approach if you want to print out maybe custom um, doors for it. I think that's that's how the technology you can get the most from it. Custom banners, like you say, rearranging things, um, customizing already existing miniatures. I yeah. think that's where the strength lies in it. Uh, yeah. And like you say, there's there's a strange ambiguity when it, uh, so a lot of my friends are into battlefield gothic, yeah. And the ability to have these scaled down or whatever scale that you like battlefield gothic ships is amazing. If Games Workshop produced those, uh, yeah, I think there'd be an explosion in in um, activity and like an additional third party bits towards it. I think that's where you get the best from it, not necessarily taking a product scan in it and then printing it out for yourself. No, and I think to be honest, there's a bit of a it's a bit of a uh, a red herring to think that you're particularly saving because although actually yes, the individual cost of the product might be less, the time it's actually it's quite labor intensive to get yeah. it all where right. you need it um in order and that's to print if it, it goes and, right and that's well. if it goes right and and also you know as you've already said that the resolution so the, the build plate size on the elegu you would have to break something like a spartan into so many pieces mm. and print it out and it would take you hours and hours and hours and hours so yeah no i, I don't I guess you have um, to decide exactly how much your time is worth. Yeah. Is it worth your time to spend hours of frustration to learn this new technique, to print it out in bits when you could just buy the damn thing? Yeah. 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 I, I think to be honest, when it comes to models that are already pre-existing for, uh, and you can, can just go and buy, I'm quite clear on that as in a kind yeah. of, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Um, I think where it becomes a little bit more ambiguous is where, it's it's clearly someone else's ip but it's a miniature mm. that they don't sell or well like for example the the 30k epic range mm -hmm. which well, doesn't yeah. exist yeah um, but anyway <laughs> either you know leaving aside the deep and and thoughtful yeah. conversation um <laughs> that is mostly what i've been doing and i'm i am really excited by even simple things like so on a so I don't know. I mean, I've put up loads of pictures of these, but you, you get these little um, 
can you see what oh wow yeah, yeah you can yeah. yeah so these um it's not a great one because like white yeah that's right so it's a little mm -hmm. white so they you get the little strip like that now in mesh mixer you can separate the people that know what uh what they're doing will be listening to me and thinking what an idiot but you, you basically <laughs> you can separate out the the shelves so each of these whites is almost certainly in the file a different shell um as is the base and then sometimes like if you've got a banner the banner will be separate so you can separate them and then you can select them individually and move them around so i've bought the base i can have infinitely different skeleton units now because i can just move the skeletons around so they're all ranked up different and then th and this i love click of a button and it mirrors it so it's like oh, the same model awesome. but the other way around i mean you know it's just freaking amazing <laughs> i love it it's just so cool and uh, you can actually you don't even need mesh mixer to do that um cheetu box which is the file that slices everything so that the printer can print it can do that can just mirror stuff um which is just just amazing really um hobbing in the future it, yeah yeah and like terrain terrain oh my flipping days terrain <laughs> it's just gonna be amazing we got, we've got to get the fdm the the because fundamentally again for those that don't know, there's two main types for 3D printing. So the resin printer, which is what uh, we've got at the moment, um, which is usually will do your higher detail, but on a much smaller build plate. Whereas the, the the FDM printers that print plastic, but out of a little nozzle that you can build bigger, but you can't get the same resolution. It's still very good, but it wouldn't really work, certainly for 10 millimeter miniatures. Um but we need one of those next, Ben, because we, we need to be able to, we need the build plate size so we can, because oh, it's just mad. You can just go online and look at printingscenery.com. Sorry, Miles, we asked you, you no, know, no, we, no, we no. got you on and I've just, <laughs> no, just suddenly no. got really excited about you 3D know, weirdly, printing. Weirdly, I had a similar conversation with a friend earlier and we were discussing printing out the Sagrada Familia for a Necromunda campaign. No, no, go ahead. Printing out what, sorry? Uh, the Sagrada Familia the church in barcelona oh yeah oh oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. so well the um but this is the thing and then and then you've got the madness that is these crazy technological people and i'm sure this is probably easy to them but to me who can grab files out of computer games put yeah. them in and then turn them into a 3d print so quite a lot of the Warmaster stuff has been grabbed out of uh total war and then oh, that's amazing and yeah and then printed oh out God. i just oh my goodness and it's just <laughs> ridiculous isn't it and like like as i say terrain you just go online and just type it in 3d printable terrain and it's just reams of it and it's gorgeous a lot of it is just absolutely wonderful so yeah hobbying in the future is I just didn't know it could do this. I really didn't. I like 3D printing was just one of those things on the periphery that I thought, oh, that's quite cool. But I didn't really. But I just now I realize I'm like, oh, yeah, you've seen this. Like everybody seems to be getting one now. There's an explosion of it. Well, it's it's so yeah. accessible. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, this piece of equipment was two hundred and forty five pounds. 
I'm not saying that's no money, but in this hobby, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not it's an insurmountable yeah. amount. And, you know, there's so many guides online. And as we split it between <laughs> us, it, you know, if you, get, if you did it with a mate, it, it's really quite accessible. Yeah, and then you, you just, it's a bit like, it's, it's a bit like getting an airbrush. It's that kind of game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm honest. And and discovering weathering, which I was going <laughs> to say earlier, because, you know, that was something that heresy is introduced oh, me yeah, to. Known for, is, is yeah. Where, yeah. So anyway, I, I, as you can tell, I could go on about this. I think we have to cool down a little bit now. Yeah. Got to calm. Calm. Especially with some water. <sighs> cold shower so i'm going to throw in a i'm going to throw in a shout out as we're doing this because there there is a guy who i've been watching online for a little while called liam paint stuff <clears throat> who 3d prints i think i'm not 100 sure but 3d prints components for his to upgrade his salamanders and um he does green stuff work as well but for example changes the pauldrons breastplates etc and uh well his, his salamanders are just phenomenal frankly absolutely superb so um early shout out rather than doing it in the community section liam paint stuff you love me some salamanders he's got a wonderful tutorial for how to do flame uh swords as well so yeah. well worth checking out on instagram for that if nothing else yeah absolutely talking of tutorials and instagrams old man <laughs> <laughs> old man Ben with his old man skills. Do you, old man Ben. Traditional sculpting. Ben Chambers said to me earlier, I said to him, I was playing around with mesh mixer. He said, how many times did you restart? And I said, restart? That's what the undo button is for. It's not green stuff like the old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I've just divided and annoyed like a, a large portion of this. As I should say, I do think green stuff is amazing. I'm just crap at it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's been my hobby for the last two weeks. Um, more green stuff. So I don't know where I, what the last thing I did when we. It spoke. was probably. I'm. I'm just going to go out on a limb, but I expect it was fur or a beard. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we got? Yeah. The best way I find of doing this is actually going to our Instagram account um, and having a look. See what I. It says. I would, but all of the stuff I post is so far down now because it gets no interest comparatively. Oh, okay, so I finished. Um, I'm going to dismiss that because it's okay. Um, um, Harcon, which was the guy that um, I based on Helder Ice Pelt, I did him. I finished him, really happy with him. So I wanted a lieutenant to replace the lieutenant from the box set because I did. I wanted my lieutenant to be a lot more dynamic, moving forward, sort of leading from the front. So I used Helder Ice Pelt. Resculpted ahead. Um, tried. It was actually quite cool working backwards because with the others, um, the ancients, not the ancients, the blade guard. I've been getting a blade guard and trying to make them space wolf. Whereas this one, I was getting a space wolf and trying to make him blade guard. So I had to put like the wings on the knees, um, the little kind of um, decorations on the on the knee pads, um, add a tilting shield, all those kind of things. So to bring him in line with the others. I was really, I'm still very, very chuffed with him. He looks great, mate. Really oh, yeah. The, the, the green stuff, yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then I've re I reworked, I got a bit upset <laughs> with uh, the, the two that I did at the start of the year. I don't know if you remember, Dan, the uh, 
the rune priest Phobos, rune priest and Phobos captain. Oh yeah. So I pulled pulled them out and had a look, um, and decided to basically strip all the green stuff and I'd done off on them at the start of the year and redo it because I just completely do it differently now. Um, just goes to show how quickly your own hobby can move on, like in a space of a year. I hadn't even got around to undercoating those and I'd already sort of gotten better at something. So um, stripped the bits off of those and did those. And then finally I did, I did my standard bearer, which I'm, God, that blade, ain't, blade guard ancient just killed me for weeks, months staring at it, trying to work out how to make it a space wolf. And then um, Henry Steele, suggested giving him a bare arm to make him look proper techno barbarian and from the moment i stuck the bare arm on you know the next bit kind of fell into place and then the next bit and then the next bit and the next bit and then he was done and then i was looking at the banner and i thought what if it was like a viking burial because everyone i suppose knows what a viking burial looks like in some respect or another you know the guy laid out in the boat or you know on the pyre or whatever with all their gubbins around them um so I tried to do that, and it worked really well. So I'm really chuffed with him too, actually. I just uh, yeah, it, it, it's really striking. I think you captured that really well. The the Viking funeral esque aspect to it, yeah, that definitely comes across. With a raven on top. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what Games Workshop need to do is they need to release um, a wolf scale helm. You know, I keep saying that every episode. Somewhere on a kit, there needs to be a wolf scale helm that isn't resin, right? <laughs> so somebody please do that. But also, packets of of little pe- little things like the same as the skulls, but like nerglings and the little tree spirits and ravens and and birds and teddy bears or what you know something little snotlings, little bits. Yeah. No, I'm mean, like the little things that. I know, Just but I don't think you're serious so... about teddy bears. No, I'm not you? serious. That's about why I'm laughing. Although I did, I did um, sculpt a teddy bear on top of my mummerkill in the. Do you remember we? <laughs> oh yeah. They all gave us a mummerkill for um, in Games Workshop, and we had to do something with it. And I turned it into the howder for like the the king, and he had like one of those sort of cushion seating areas, and I put a teddy bear in it, and no, no one noticed it for about two months, and then. Mike was like, oh, is there a teddy bear on your <laughs> I was like, well, you know, you should have looked carefully. But there he was sat there with a teddy bear. Um, but, you know, I think that would be really cool. I jest about Instagram, but it has been wonderful to see the love that the stuff you've done has got because it's really good and you've put a lot of time and effort and thought into each one, as is shown by the story that each one comes with, mm. which is wonderful. Um and just generally, like you've just said, the thought process, I, I think it's something I do, I do envy that you, you're, you, you look at a model and, and you've got this story and these themes and it, you can, you tell that story through the miniature and you, you're really doing it with these. I mean, I've seen it on an army wide scale, like with your iron snakes, but you always bring it down to the individuals as well. And this is even more so, and it's just wonderful seeing your hobby skill be able to then create that stuff. I, I I just love it. It's so exciting. It's a shame it's not corn, but it's fair enough. <laughs> do you know, you, you, you say that, but I've been genuinely looking at this and thinking, do you know what army would be really cool with all these with all these skulls and fur? I could do a chaos army. 
That would be yeah, cool. you could. Yeah. With the extra chainmail, I could. Yeah, I could really get my teeth into that green stuff wise. But no, it's been it's been what I'm working on at the moment is the three blade guard themselves. Um, I've done a few things with them, so changed the sword arms around and moved them into a sideways position so they look like they're in a shield wall because nice the name the name I've changed the blade guard to in my army is um, uh, Skullborg, um, which is uh, old Norse for shield wall. Um, so they, they are the, the shields of Ragnar, as it were. So their job on the battlefield is to stay as close to him and stop him from getting isolated. Because I think whenever I read stories about Ragnar, that is always what he does. He goes, just he's just such a competent fighter and so aggressive that he's quite often 30 foot ahead of his wolf guard, you know, within 10 minutes. And, th and they're like desperately trying to keep up. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we, now he's been reborn as a Primaris, which effectively the reason why he got killed was because he isolated himself fighting Gasgol Thraka and the, his, his wolf guard just couldn't be there to sort of protect him in that last moment and drag him off the battlefield. So he ended up having to be sort of basically a new mission to get his body back, which is, you know, an absolute state. And the, the story, the, the audio book is told through the eyes of the, the, the company Scold, which I'm desperate to sculpt. I need to, I want to sculpt to Scold because that would be brilliant. Um, and he's absolutely broken that they couldn't keep up with him and at least recover his body. And that's wicked because that's really the sort of attitude that, the Huskals, the, the the bodyguards of lords would have had. They'd have absolutely broken them not to have been able to do that. Um, so I figured that in the rebirth, there would be these guys whose sole job it is to stop Ragnar from getting done in again. Um, so that's where they came from. So I'm working on them at the moment. I'm really happy. Tried some hair braids, which was tough, <laughs> real tough. Um, not sure how I feel about them, but they, they look all right. We'll I think see. you should model them on yourself <laughs> initially. If I sit still for long enough, Joe does braid my hair. Nice. If I, I think with something like the braids, um, you're going to get that kind of individual definition with the hairs when it comes to the paint. Uh, I don't yeah. think you should. I, I think you've struck a really nice balance there. You don't want to necessarily over-engineer them. You don't want to sculpt in those individual lines because it'll look a little bit messy. Doing yeah. that, leaving it slightly bare, gives you the opportunity to make those impressions with a paintbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I, I, that's that's what I thought when I did it because mm -hmm. when it was still squishy, I did try and have a go, and then I thought, mm -hmm. no, I'm just going to destroy it. I'm absolutely ruin yeah. it. So I just yeah. leave it and then do it with the paintbrush. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you find that a lot of uh, Games Workshop sculpts the way they put their braids that the individual mm. braids themselves are, are bare. They they're mm. To, to make it cleaner because it's already quite a complex surface mm. you're working with. So leaving, knowing when to leave those gaps to paint, uh, I, I mean, charts your development as a, as a sculptor, knowing when to put the embellishment, when not to. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I just, I don't have a 3d printer to, <laughs> to, yeah, just to do the DL and, and then print it out, print out a braid. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to come to the point. Where I think I'm a little way off from that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, should we wrap up the hobby desk and move on to some of the, the some of the releases, forty k wise? 
Okay, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Oh, jinx. Oh. <laughs> it, the listeners would love it if I just didn't talk for the next. <laughs> I think that would be fine. <laughs> right. Okay, welcome listeners to the grim darkness of the far future. Not quite so grim because we have Miles with us, which is great. Although oh, you. you do like the old bit of the weathering, don't you? So maybe more grim than, than normal. Yeah, the last thing I did was a space marine being crushed by a dreadnought. And I'm not sure whether the dreadnought crushing him would kill him first or the slight pool of water underneath him that will drown him. Now um, that is right. Okay. Very yeah. grim and dark. <laughs> it's 2020. Let's let's but do it. Go, it yeah, go I was going to say it's 2020. Yeah. It wouldn't be either one of those things. It would be a freak appearance of a meteor or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. So um, the grim darkness, Ben. You have just basically intrigued us both with yeah. your response to something to do with Nurgle and the Mechanicum. Yeah. So the. It, the preview was this weekend and they announced um the next campaign book i can't remember the oh, one that explains pre- it you know i was out completely lost but of course i was working and i didn't get in on the preview until after that section i was yeah. thinking what on earth are you talking about so um I, I did did they release the last one the um crusade pack i can't remember seeing it coming out but anyway so the first crusade pack was the the void one for the necrons um, I might have missed that. Um, quite possible. But this one is um, a new Crusade pack, and it is um, a story one, so like a really a big one. And I'm interested that they're making these decisions to make the Crusade packs have such a a big impact on the world, because this one is Abaddon has basically told Typhus to have a go at Maca- um, Metallica, uh, not the band. Uh, mm. The planet, so you you gotta love these kind of names because you know full well that they were written in the eighties when the, <laughs> the games workshop were all listening to heavy metal, um, and <laughs> it, the, I'm I'm really on the fence with it because I love the idea, again, uh, that the like Age of Sigma that the narrative is in these releases and you know we're going to get something out of it, um, but it's there's only so much of a battering that the Imperium can take now before we're going to need to just restart the whole thing because Mechanicum is, um, Mechanic, Metallica is, uh, I, I believe, like in the top five Forge Worlds. We're talking like big, important thing. And to lose Metallica would be catastrophic for the Imperium. And I know that's cool but in some ways because it's um, it, it's high stakes and campaigns with high stakes are great um but it feels a little bit too high stakes to me vigilus was cool no one had heard of vigilus it, ha- it was a high stakes planet and they made it a high stakes planet by writing narrative that it was a high stakes planet because of the imperial knights but um to have a shot of metallica i just there's a little part of me that i'm super excited by the whole thing because i really like the crusade rules and i i just loved that section in the space wolf codex and I've loved that space section in the Space Marine Codex. Um, and I love the idea of creating and painting narrative armies and sculpting narrative cap- characters to 
to play, you know, to replace characters in your army. I just think the hobby box is blown open by that rule set. And I think it's going to be fantastic. And the more they develop it, the better. But there is a little part of my mind that thinks if Metallica goes, where it's like the genes, it's, it's the genes to the cults on terror. What the actual flippity <laughs> flip. <laughs> so it's just a little bit too far in my mind, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Always. Just so. listen to Iron Maiden instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's probably a there's probably a forger called Iron Maiden there, <laughs> yeah, or Ionus Maidonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. But it's a really cool release. I'm really excited about it. It's but. also allowed them to make the most horrendous looking pizza oven you have ever seen. <laughs> that Nurgle piece of terrain. Yeah, you seen that? No. Yeah, you wouldn't. You went, oh, I've got a coffee arriving. Excuse me, one moment. Talk amongst thyself. Okay. Yeah, Metallica. Uh, I guess it could potentially set up a uh, counter crusade. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I guess this is the way I, I offhand how I, I probably handle it. Metallica, like you say, is the, it's massively important to the Imperium, has a huge industrial Im- impact, not only for itself, but sector wide. Yeah. That would be just a pillar being removed to watch a collapse so it, even if metallica were to fall to the traitors abaddon isn't stupid enough to strip the planet and scuttle it he yeah. using his own progressing campaigns i think that world is too important to extinguish instead yeah. it's going to be a battle field that will be fought over for eternity until one side or both sides exhaust each other I feel like armageddon Yes, that's exactly yeah, the what I was getting. just going to say. Because okay. I mean, that's just a dust ball now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, ADB at the end of his novel, just he encapsulated the entirety of this universe. That Armageddon is a jewel that is no longer, that's lost its luster. It, they've mm. ravaged the world so intensively that it's no longer a grade A um, in industrial planet. It's going to be downgraded. So it yeah. won't receive additional... Um, resources from the Imperium to defend itself, to reinforce itself, to, to the, the orcs, even though they've been fought off and I'm doing the air quotes thing. Yeah. They've ruined it as a planet effectively. Yeah. They've it's it's a pyrrhic victory in its in its truest sense. Have you guys yeah. both read the Beast Arises series? No. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if Ben knows the, the reveal or not, you see Miles so for that. Uh okay, yeah. Keep your stump. I don't. Do you care about the? Do you care? No, no. Do you do a trigger warning up for the yeah, let's listeners. Uh, spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler warning. So it turns out that Armageddon is actually Ulanor. Is it? Yeah. Um, and it was teleported there because that's the big thing that the orcs have is teleportation badassery in uh, in the Beast Arises, and then the Imperium. Mechanicum sort of reverse. I think this is right, uh, Miles. They they reverse engineer it, don't they? And then they teleport, yeah, to that position and make it into a forge world to defend it because it's essentially it's like a a, a rallying banner point thing for orcs. Yeah, I think it was the point of origin for the race. Mm. So they either have like a psychic connection or a spiritual connection to this world. And That's they'll do whatever it takes to, It's yeah. amazing. It's, amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a cool little twist, right? 
Yeah, I do think I do. I mean, like always, when you get a series with different writers, there are high points and low points in those books. But I do love them as a series. Uh, you know, the 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 creation of the Death Watch is in there. That obviously that big reveal and the whole Last Wall protocol just makes you want to run around shouting the Last Wall and attacking things. Well, it does me anyway. But I'm a bit yeah. creepy. brilliant. That's ace. So there brilliant. you go. Little snippet there. Um, I, I think I, I tend to agree with Miles in as much as I think it'll become it'll become like well like you just said actually uh, the next Armageddon um, mm. I think there's something to be said for for um, taking a world that exists and, and setting a story there because it, it kind of talks to people, it speaks to people that would remember yeah. that world from background etc and allows them to flesh it out a bit i still get a bit wibbly about the gene stealers on terror thing i totally agree with oh, you there. Yeah, that so just annoys me i just too far that was it's, it's too, too too much but then i think but i do think it's important to have some of that sort of pre-existing stuff because actually the buy-in to vigilus i mean it took an awful lot to <laughs> a lot of books and all sorts although I did fabulous book to be fair oh yeah and, and mm. I, I liked the whole idea of the um knackman gauntlet i think it was called wasn't it yeah the vigilance yeah. is in so yeah that was good so um i don't think there was a great deal else. Not, no the battle forces have come along haven't they now yeah yeah they um, have yeah there's some nice ones actually i i really like um i think the thing i like the most that they've done with the space marines um and i'd like to see it bit more for the other other races other armies is that they've done a different sort of battle box for each of the chapters but they're completely legit for any space marine if that makes any sense you might yeah, get like pink a, a different of, color yeah you might get a different upgrade spur in it but like the blood angels one i think has got aggressors and uh, something else then so the space wolf one is much more the lighter armor and the, the little war jack kind of suit I'm, so good with the names awesome <laughs> um but that you know so it's, I, th <laughs> I think they're really cool because it means that you're not just stuck with one and it would be really nice for them to have done say the same thing with elder and done a few craft worlds and put a different selection of sprues in um and the same with the orcs so you had like a speed freaks one and a, mm. and, a, and, a and a sort of mech one where you've got more of the dreads dreadnoughts and um uh killer cans that kind of stuff but I guess always in the back of my mind at the moment, I think about production capacity um, mm -hmm. and then there must be things like when I mean, we were just discussing before we came on air, um, kill team um, rogue trader doesn't appear to be on sale anymore. I don't know when that was gone or lost. Um, I'm sure the models will come back in some form or another, um, just like a lot of the, the um, Blackstone fortress ones will, but I'm almost certain that a lot of the reason why they're gone and not are not on the shelf is because the production capacity is just not there. Um, so I always want to think about that. It'll, it'll come back there when COVID has moved its merry way on. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. 2021, be back up, full, fully running. We can meet people. We can actually, we can actually embrace one another again. I know. Cheek to cheek. It, we won't know what to do with ourselves though. When when I order something again online and it turns up the next day. I mean, it's 
<laughs> or going to events and like physically standing closer than two meters. That's yeah, going to yeah. be an odd one without a do mask. You, do you find watching stuff on television is weird? Where yes. people are like, they're yeah. just yeah. meeting up and you're like, what? No, you can't. Oh, yeah. People, Actually, people you know. in cinemas. <laughs> people yeah. in cinemas really trigger me now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because my, um, so my Royal Mail have, have recently made it mandatory to wear a face mask whilst indoors at any of their sites um, as an employee. And um, now I, I've, I've got, I'm right on that sort of tipping point now between it being weird and it being weird not to be wearing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like, even when I'm on my own, sat on my own at my desk or um, in the canteen or whatever, I'm like putting it on, putting it on. It's, it's, yeah, it's very. I, oh, I and I walked into a shop. <laughs> I walked into a Tesco's. <laughs> now we definitely, this is the tangent. I walked into a Tesco's and I bought some fuel. And I just walked into Tesco's and I was in the queue and I realised I didn't, I hadn't put my mask on. And I, I went, oh shit, I haven't got a mask. And I freaked <laughs> out. I just had this kind of, oh, I'm going to be arrested. You're ah! the problem. You're the, the problem. problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I spend most of my day, um, or not most of my day, but most of my morning mm. saying to my postman, right, it doesn't work if it isn't over your nose. Put it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken to just like outright insults now. Like, put that face away. <laughs> it's frightening me. It's one of my classics. So, but yeah, it's, uh... on on that bombshell. Should we should we move on to ages? No, no, no. Because I wanted to ask because <laughs> as um, it's nothing to do with mask face mask now. But M Mars is uh, heresy player painter. Oh, that's why I'm sure you do more. But that's what I know. Yeah, sure. Video sure. Call. But so and and with heresy comes crazy ass awesome out there designs for tanks yeah so what do you think of the new not heresy the gladius sort of family is it gladius gladiator yeah. family are those the anti-grav yeah the anti-grav yeah. primaris the new ones the new predators so just, intrigued. I'm just interested i'm not that's not like setting you up to say one way no, or the no, other no, the, the, just yeah, interested this is setting me up for a rant here no the grownard in me groans a little bit because this universe has always been uh, a, about the fall of humanity it's always from my reading of it, it, it these are like the last few dregs the last few beats of humanity before it's extinguished now to have technology that's on par with elder uh it, it, it feels a little counterintuitive however getting rid of that aside the the kits are goddamn gorgeous I, yeah. I do think they suffer a little bit from uh, overdoing it. So putting guns on every available orifice that could possibly fit them. <laughs> However, this universe has always suffered from that. I mean, <laughs> so look at has. the power fist, for God's sake. How ludicrous yeah. of a weapon is that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, But no, the, the best thing is when you stick a chainsaw on a power fist and you get oh, a chain. <laughs> yes, and it, it, it somehow damages armor better. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm all in at that point. Um no, I think it's one of those things, weirdly, because it's new and it's because I haven't seen it before in 30 years worth of history. I'm I'm kind of doing a bit of a double take. And, hmm. Mm. But next next year, I hope to develop a, a Primaris army to get me over that hump to to understand why these things are so popular. Um, I, I've recently seen uh, Kirill Kniev. Today, he has just posted up his own Repulsor, I think it's called. Yeah. A multi-award winning unbelievable non-metallic artist god with a brush 
uh, and oh my lord, he's used a lot of weathering techniques on it. It looks natural. He's used Sons of Medusa. I think of all the chapters from uh, the Bad Ab Wars, I think the Sons of Medusas are in there, but they have possibly the ugliest colour scheme of the lot, <laughs> like this bright lime green, yet yeah. somehow that painter, that man has made to look them look them uh, make them look good. Mm. Uh, so yeah, on the whole, as the miniature painter, I'm a big fan. As a lore enthusiast, I'm coming around to the idea. Mm. I, yeah, I, I was yeah. sold on the lore. Um, I was a bit on the fence, actually, because mm. I, I, right back at the start, when the Repulsor came out, I, one of the things about 40k that I always kind of is tracks on the ground. I, tracks on the ground, yes. boots on the ground, that kind of solid foundation in earth. Um, and that was the Imperium in almost every way. And you get the old fly, floaty thing, but um, the land speeder didn't, for me, feel, it felt fast and sort of floaty. Didn't feel solid and all that warlike. Mm-hmm. And then I, we read the opening book of um, Dark Imperium and it sold me in scepters dropping out the sky with the space wolf like barreling through the building with his twin heavy bolters like roaring away. I thought I, I, that sold me on those. But the bit that I really liked was when the Chaos Marines didn't have a clue what this repulsor thing was, that they'd literally just dropped from sub-orbit um, and it just hit the floor like a in a big kind of dust, you know, like you can imagine it just coming yeah. everywhere. Uh-huh. And uh, and then he thought it'd be a good idea. If, if you roll underneath it, I can put a melter bomb underneath it and blow this thing to bits. Um, and he rolled underneath the repulsor plates. Um, and that's when he realised it was absolutely nothing like an Eldar tank. It, it just pummeled him flat, like a millimetre thin, and, just, and he was gone. And I was like, that is amazing. Yeah, that <laughs> is not... quite cool. <laughs> and it, it... I could get on board with that. Yeah, the, the idea that it's, it's, it's like Eldar technology, but just nowhere near as elegant or refined. Yeah, it just smashes the floor and gravity. Yeah, it's like Eldar technology, <laughs> but in brutalist design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that kind of sold me. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I just thought I thought that'd be an interesting one um, to get to get another view. So, um, yeah, I must admit, I do like that battle force, the um, the sneaky marine battle force. Uh, but uh, when I when I finish printing everything in ten mil, it's gonna be weird painting a twenty eight mil miniature. I'll be like, whoa, look at all this space. <laughs> you can freehand, just freehand things on it then. Yeah. Yeah. Righty, so should we move on to the Mortal Realms now? Yes, through the Realm Gate. Uh... Or the Noctilith Crown. Although no, because that's not actually a gate, is it? It just looks like one. I'm just going to start with Sigvald. So, yes, yeah, Sigvald. Let's talk about... Come on. He's the one we all want to talk about. We could build up to it. We can talk about the other uh, things that were really... I can't even remember what they were. Some kind of slash. Who cares? Sigvald. <laughs> yeah. That thing's amazing. It is stunning, isn't it? Absolutely gorgeous. It's um, going to be a model we see in Golden Demon for years, decades, maybe. Yeah. As long I mean, as they produce that kit. 
I mean, coming from like more of a horse heresy background, uh, I feel like I'm the horse heresy guy of the podcast now. Okay, I'll I'll take that on. I'm happy to wear that mantle. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a good grim, dark, rusted mantle, weathered mantle to wear. Um, you're going to see so many conversions of Demon Fulgrim with that. Yeah. Uh, I think even Sanguinius, uh, you're yeah. going to see a lot of conversions with him, with, yeah. with that. Sanguinius would be cool, wouldn't it? It, w- it would be nice to see what people could do with it. Certainly, he has the physique for it. He has the aesthetic. Uh, why not? We've seen crazier things before. Yeah, I love this video. Yeah, I, I love do. their videos. Yeah. The Age of videos are always brilliant, I think. They're always just that tongue-in-cheek. Um, what did someone call it? Grimbright. <laughs> Grimbright. Loved it. Because it's so grim, but also you get like this little veneer of humour and hope that I just think changes the whole perspective a bit. But the idea of him being like a a uh, superstar with the roadies doing his makeup in the... I just thought it was brilliant. I can imagine them all polishing his armour before he's unleashed on order. Yeah. Yeah, polishing his, his mirrored shield. Yeah, and, you know, again, I remember seeing the first Sigvald and just my jaw hit the floor because mm-hmm. we ha- I'd not really seen non-metal metallics done as well as that anywhere else. I mean, at the time Rackham was doing it and it looked weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just, it wasn't quite there. Um, and then I don't know who painted it, but you know, it's just I superb. Think, I think it was Darren Latham. It wouldn't surprise me. It he, really I know he did a lot of the non-metallic work at the time. He was yeah. like the go-to, but again, it could be, uh, it could be somebody else. I mean, like the, the, the blending on the shield, alone if you just take that one thing it's mm-hmm. flawless absolutely flawless mm. and it stood out from all the other models because it was a clean looking chaos model you know it didn't almost didn't look like a chaos model and it was painted in that new way and i love the fact that whoever has done the new one has gone well let's do exactly the same again we normally paint everything in true metal metallics for every metal let's do this one in non-metal metallics and oh Super. Yeah, they've done a really good job of it. Really, I and mean, look at his chest—the the blending there, the reflections they've got in there. It it's um, non-metallic, but in a very heavier metal style. I was literally just about to say that. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, it's so like cleanly done. That it's, yeah, it's... clean. It's it's very clean, very bright, very noticeable, but it still feels like reflective armor. Yeah, it's wonderful. Absolutely I think wonderful. what I want to see though. Miles is uh, as a challenge. It's you, you got to do it. So like, there's he's on like a sink base, and something on the base, like an enemy, is reflected in the shield. I think we talked about see. this uh, before, didn't we? That that he has a mirrored shield. How do you go yeah. about creating that mirror? Um, mm. I know you can buy uh, wax metallic paints that once they've cured, you can polish them. Mm. It gives you somewhat of a mirrored sheen. You can buy mirror paint as well, but yeah. I haven't really seen that in person. I'm not quite sold on the efficacy of it. I think I saw like a Wish advert, a Wish.com advert. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that's that very mundane. When we talk get, about yeah. Sigvold, Sunesh and Wish, this wish. could go very strangely. <laughs> wish.com, yeah, yeah. I, th- th- that, that's how boring my life is. I get ad. I get advertisements ping back for mirrored paint. I don't get any of the like dildo forks other people get. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Um, one of the guys I paint with, or well, used to paint with a lot, he didn't, haven't been around such a long time because of lockdowns, but um, he, he had a chrome paint that oh. came in a pen. Um, interestingly, like super shiny metal, but not very reflective. So yeah. um, be interested to see like the mirror version. The other one I've seen people do is, is getting graphite powder, um, putting that on and then polishing it like the pigment mm. the powder and then polishing that that worked quite well but um yeah uh, it's going to be a ch- I, I think when you see it um in different painters hands just seeing the uh, so ben comets um very well-known painter uh, he he uh did a bust of i think it was lancelot yeah and it was the first time i've seen this effect on armor but he painted trees as in if reflection the, yeah, in the reflections, but they were distorted in line with the armor. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And uh, You're looking at it, it looks natural, but you, you can't quite work out what it is and, to, uh, and then the explanation you give it. So it's going to be fascinating to see what people can do with that reflective shield and exactly yeah. what they want to reflect in the... I think you need to think of, of place with that miniature. Yeah. Uh, with non-metallics, successful non-metallics, they all rely on ambient tones so you have to think about the base is he set in a on a fire planet is he set mainly at snow and you need the i guess dominant color of the base to be reflected on that mirror sh- yeah almost like a s-n-s-e-n sky earth metal yeah uh, where yeah. you have kind of like the 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 golden ground underneath and then the turquoise up top yeah yeah it's like you say it's going to be one of those pieces you're going to see again and again and again in the hands of real masters yeah. I, I can't wait to see the kinds of paint jobs this miniature will inspire. Have you yeah, had people commission one yet? Uh, no, no, none yet. But I will be painting them at least two up for the, oh, three maybe for, for the Patreon. I, I'd love to do one in true metallic, non-metallic gold, and then one in turquoise. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yes. uh, so there's a painter at Games Workshop, Joe, I, I don't know. No, I can't butcher. pronounce his name either. I can't pronounce his <laughs> name, but unbelievable painter and he painted his in turquoise mm. and i'd love to pay tribute to that uh, unless he does it first in which case he's he's mastered already i don't need to do it but yeah definitely at least two for for uh i guess myself i guess i'd be keeping them unless anybody wants to buy them off me but yeah definitely at least two that's awesome it's awesome and and alongside him as well it is worth saying that after last week saying what we needed was Mortal Slanish Warrior, they've gone and released two two units, and they are bloody lovely. I think they are the equivalent of the larger, so like my um, Blood Warriors, Wrath and... Mongers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, big, those big, yeah, that size is. thing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and they're just fantastic. And there's so many. There's so it's one kit makes two variants. Um, and if you didn't use the variants for the other, those bits are so usable in other things. Mm. Like the helmets are brilliant. It's going to be a great unit. Yeah, really the young. faces I'm, I'm particularly for, uh, looking forward to. I think you can make them look really, really creepy, uh, the, the faces that they've done. And bizarrely enough, I'd love to see them used by Dark Elder players mm. because I think they'd make yeah. excellent, I guess, Trueborn equivalent, even though Trueborn aren't a thing anymore, more customised uh, maybe even got a kill team, uh, yeah. Dark Elder uh, pieces. That's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's great how they've gone back to the 
slaneshy sort of they're clearly slaneshy aren't they they you know yeah. they undoubtedly are but they i think what did i say last week or it was like they they're slaneshy without just making very weird people overly excited i think was my thoughts yeah yes yeah. they got they got more threat to them haven't they there's there's more of a but they look like the old realms of chaos art- yeah. artwork That's, yeah we said that last time it's exactly do, what yeah. you want yeah they do don't they that that kind of yeah brutal i think you should always be when i look at a chaos model i want to be frightened by it in some way not in a kind of oh my run away from it sure but imagine <laughs> imagine, imagine trying like, to bait them if that's how you respond i know but what brilliant. i mean is if if that if that thing was <laughs> blown up into like a, a person walking down this like literally down the street 100 meters away you you you'd you'd be worried significantly um and before <laughs> it would just look like they, they don't look like they didn't look like anything threatening whereas those guys look truly terrifying one of them has a demon coming out of his shield for goodness sake it's just i could imagine them being something that would um ruin on a battlefield that would go toe to toe with like things like the wrathmongers and they you know they're the champions of that of that god and i think that's brilliant I really do i mm. think they look brilliant yeah hit out the part like you said it's gonna be a, it's paradise especially for like inquisitor 28 modelers uh people who like doing necromunda cult gangs uh anybody in horse heresy i think there's just a plethora of different bits you can use on there for emperor's children fallen emperor's children night lords yeah yeah it's just such a versatile i could and if you're collecting war bands as well uh, yeah just such such a good kit to exploit i'd now love to see what they do with um slaneshi chaos space marines um seeing how lovely they've done done those guys um you know obviously owing to the 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 rather cornate side of me i I want to see berserkers and that but but actually i wouldn't be so upset if slanesh marines got got it first because they're i think they're the ones now that look the most dated maybe that have now got the most opportunity with these cool new kits yeah um we've also had a roadmap for underworlds this week haven't we yeah yeah so i mean the underworlds release this week the that chaos warband again chaos and just absolutely banging four models just brilliant wonderful sorceress and those three chaos warriors it's great yeah the sisters uh i mean what can you say it's nice seeing female sculpts that aren't overly overly sexualized yeah, it's not okay if you live in the chaos waste. If you spend your life battering your fellow man, your fellow woman, your fellow demon, your fellow beast into the ground with your bare hands, enough to ascend through the path of glory to earn chaos armor, you aren't going to look like a porn star. No, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a very rough life cho- uh, life uh, choice you've you've chosen there to to, to pursue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that um, uh, I've become aware of from the Marathi book is the, the exploring um, the chaos. Um, what is the place where I can never remember the name of where Archeon, the the Varen um, Spire, 
the, yeah, the Varan Spire and the areas around that. The all points. All points. Yeah. And talking about the farmers that live there and the people who live there and how they're, they're just people getting on with life, trying to live life, but chaos is just part of their life. You know, they worship the chaos gods and they kind of get protected by it because in some ways we all know that those things can't exist without food, for example, um, and armour. So it's really awesome to start to see that kind of narrative coming through in warbands like that, where these two sisters have grown up following the path of chaos and earning their place amongst, you know, amongst the warriors. I just think it's great. I really do. I think Age of Sigmar has come on so far. Do you reckon, yeah. like in a in the in the Varen Spire, like dominoes would do like little packs of of dipping blood or something? <laughs> you know, or like when you're going to play a game of chess, you'd have to sacrifice a goat or something before you play. Yeah. <laughs> no, you play. You play with. You play with slaves, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, you probably yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. It put certainly would. a different spin on the Queen's Gambit. I haven't seen that. Keep me into so it. good. It's so good. Yeah, I keep meaning to watch that. Righty, yeah. so shall we move on to the community section, Mars? Because that's oh, the one I'm most excited about hearing. Oh, Dan's got every time I do this, you're like, oh. <laughs> go on. Well, I feel bad now. No, just I just wanted it, to say, like, what what I love about um, Sigvald so so much is how it, it, it you could take the original Sigvald and that Sigvald, and that is just the story of. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigma and the transformation yeah. in my eyes anyway like nothing is n- none of the stuff that was has been wasted and is just completely gone it's just been made more freaking awesome to be quite honest I, and yeah. I just because I love obviously doing doing Warmaster I mean I absolutely love the, the old world I, I, lo- I love it and I rediscovering a love for it but in no way has that diminished how much I love Age of Sigmar. Um, and yeah. I just love, I, I just think that that model, that when I first saw it, for me, that's what it's, what it spoke to me. It was just like, this, this is, this is the tale of the journey and it looks bloody badass. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. That's why I put my hand up. That's an awesome note to finish on. You know, yeah, I put my, the reason I started putting my hand up is because we use Microsoft Teams at work now and you have to click and put your hand up if you want to say anything. So I've sort of, it's miss, built into miss, me. Miss. Yeah. I have changed Can my background now though. So I've got like a Christmas tree <laughs> and a snowy scene. So anyway, <laughs> let's get into the community section. glorious community we have come at last after our dithering and my random uh cutting ben off to the community section where um miles has got some really exciting stuff to talk about that he's gonna be doing so um what we're gonna do we'll hand over to him um and and get excited about that project oh my gosh okay i got the, On the spot uh, yeah. <laughs> i did this hi, i did hi, this everyone. to henry as well so <laughs> Uh, you know what this feels like? Uh, you're at a group meeting and you've had to write your name down on a little white tag and you put it on and you have to go <laughs> around individually. You have to say, hi, I'm Miles. I run Little Legend Studio. Um, every Okay, 
let, let's <coughs> present her voice. <laughs> hello, hello, everyone. Uh, okay, so for the past four years, I think it was, uh, I think it is, uh, I've been running the Patreon. Um, I've it's so uh, I'm a professional commission painter, and alongside this, I obviously get asked a lot of questions: how to paint this, how do you do that? Uh, and I find I found I was answering a lot of the same questions again and again and again, but I wasn't answering them yeah. really to completion. I wasn't really answering fully enough because the paint recipes that I employ, they it's a bit like um, French cooking, right? So you can understand each stage. But unless you understand where to place them and in which, I guess, combination in relation to one another, it won't really work. So bought a load of equipment, um, things to film myself. And it's it's trundled along rather nicely um, so far. Uh, the, the, the Patreon has been absolute godsend. Uh, I mean, as a commission painter, you always feel like you're on the edge of disaster. You're, you're walking that tightrope without... Um, uh, kind of like a, a safety net underneath you. If mm-hmm. if I lose a hand, oh my god, I, I'm balls up. Uh, perhaps I should insure it, like David Beckham did his his hand. <laughs> yeah. Wonder how much I can insure it for. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll look it. I'll Google that later. Um, it, so uh, yeah, I, I started the Patreon partly to show off uh, how to do these techniques, how to uh, develop you as a painter, uh, uh, and, and partly to help me financially uh, have a son which has been fantastic. I get to have a, a, like a, a little family because of this silly little hobby we're all engaged with. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, the advent calendar started as a bit of a joke that I give away something every day. I do a tutorial. Then the next year that people are asking me, there's an expectation. This year, people have been asking as early as May, are you doing another tutorial? Are you doing another advent calendar this year? Um, yeah, okay. This year I've really gone all out. I've managed to get some artwork done by a guy called, uh, let me get this right, because I keep mispronouncing his his uh, studio name, Spivena Studio. Uh, so gentleman, weirdly enough, who lives in Japan, only found this out the other day, uh, but he's done me some really nice Rogue Trader-esque artwork. So yeah. really retros, 80s, hair metal uh, stuff. And every day, There'll be a new piece of artwork going up, but that's that's not it. There'll be a brand new tutorial for every single day of uh, the, of the month. So as we've talked about previously, uh, I'm more known for my work in the Horus Heresy. Uh, it's been one of those self-fulfilling prophecies that uh, as a commission painter, I need to take on work. That work's primarily been uh, Primarchs um, and Horus Heresy armies. People see the work, they like it, they want to buy more, brilliant. So that has led to a cycle where most of the work is centered around the Horus Heresy. However, with the teaching modules on the Patreon itself, I've always tried to make it as broadly applicable as possible. So if you're painting black armor and just staring, well, you can use that exact same recipe on yeah. any armored miniature across any range. It's the application and the color scheme that matters most. So if you see something that works, uh, the Patreon has been designed and the videos have been designed as a jumping off point for creativity. You see the video, you take elements of it, you adapt it, you change it to your own needs. It's not a definitive, you must do it this way or you won't end up with the result. I I try, and this is the ethos that kind of underpins everything. I try and give you the tools to make your own choices. 
Yeah. And that I, I like to think that that's reflected in every single release, be it PDF tutorial or video tutorial series. So that's what you'll be getting every single day in December. The first day, actually, uh, I'm giving out a sticker to all patrons. And I didn't really think this through because currently we have something like 460 people on there, 470 ish. I, my wife doesn't know this yet, but she'll be helping me with that. She'll be helping me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to buy something extra nice this Christmas. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm, I'm not going to see the next one. Um, so uh, alongside this, I'm also very fortunate to be sponsored by uh, a couple of um, uh, companies in the community. So Redgrass Games, for example, who produce, uh, am I, I guess I'm, contract, uh, I'm contracted to say this, but they do the best wet palette on the market. It's something I use every day. I haven't come across a better one so far. They've been awfully generous sending a, a care package over to give away uh, to qualifying patrons. Uh, have stuff from Unreal Wargaming, resin bases. Do some amazing, oh, yeah. amazing. And that's why I've based my entire Istvan Force on. They're rubble base. Mm. bases, rather. Um, and also airbrushes.com have sent a bunch of different um, weathering rain stains and uh primary color set which is a really nice set to use if you want to develop your sense of color theory and developing skin tones there are two videos already up on the patreon um how to mix custom uh skin tones using nothing but the primary colors plus black and white and it guides you through the process of how to make your own skin tones so you match it against your thumb and then you develop it on a small bust um, yeah. So that's up there. It, it's one of my favorite videos I've done this year. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah, it's it. It feels a bit like magic doing it. it. It's lovely to do it at events, like in person, to see mm. kind of like that light gone behind somebody's eyes. Like, oh my god, I can do this. That's 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 such a joy to partake in. Did and, you um? Did you ever? Sorry to interrupt, but it's, no, it's no, on topic. Ahead. Did Did you ever see the Pathé video, um, or or ever see people mixing foundation? No, I haven't. There, there's a great Patho video um, that I saw at a, a stately home, the National Trust property. Mm -hmm. um, and they used to mix people's foundation with them there using like uh, basically primary colours, but they were kind of more pastel ones. So. Yeah. And um, on it, the way, oh they just God. mix these powders together and then come up with a skin tone. And I was just standing looking at this, and I watched the video through like four times. Yeah. And Joe's like, "Are you going? Are you going to leave this room?" I'm like, "No, I'm. I am all right. I, no, <laughs> this video is amazing." She's like, "It's about makeup." And I was like, "No, no, it's this is, this is no, more no. than makeup. My <laughs> mind has just exploded out of my ears." This is the essence of color, yes. right here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but, when well, you see it done for the first, it's like seeing somebody explain a magic trick to you. Then yeah. doing it and still not understanding how they did it. <laughs> yes, exactly what was happening. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, give give. I mean, everyone out there, give, you you. Okay, probably not the best sales pitch in the world, but give it a try for yourself. Pick out the primary colors, take yeah. black and white, mix mix the primary colors in a big gloop in the middle of your wet palette or your palette, then modulate it with white and black and see if you can match your own skin tone. It's, it's a great exercise to get you used to color theory, color mixing and matching and understanding exactly what you can do with, with primary colors and how you can mix them into already existing color schemes to both deepen shadows, uh, brighten up saturation. You could do a whole heap with, with uh, primary colors. Mm. If you, a lot of people, for example, don't have like a bright yellow 
in their collection. That's criminal. That blows my mind. You don't have like a, a nice bright yellow. Um, when, what would you, you count as a bright yellow, Miles? So it's a primary color. When you look so at you have a color wheel in front of you, actually, do you have a color wheel in front of you? Uh, <laughs> Aha. Yes, we do. Okay. So look at the color wheel. So this is one of the little magic tricks I love doing to new students. What color naturally appears to be the darkest on the color wheel? Mm. Violet? Yeah. So uh, violet to blue. It's, in, yeah. in actuality, is navy blue. That's the darkest naturally occurring color that there is. So we can say that that has the lowest value of any color. And value be, is the scale from uh, white to, to black. Now, which oh, yeah, color... Yeah naturally appears to be the brightest well that is that is yellow exactly so when you are highlighting miniatures or when you're uh, shading miniatures try and add a pinch of yellow to the highlight and that knocks off any chalkiness to 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 uh, the paint and conversely if you're adding any shadows try and adding a touch of navy blue in there and that'll Mm. deepen the shadows without making them look uninteresting Wow. So I love I love all these little bits. So I was what I was gonna say as well, I like the peripheral stuff that yeah. you can pick up from your video. So I I, I was watching um your Lionel Johnson the black armor. Mm-hmm. And yep. um so I use a red grass uh games palette. I've got the smaller one, and um just the way you laid out the palette to uh, work for you, mm-hmm. I was just like fast I was like, Oh yeah, mine just is it's just a bloody mess. <laughs> I've just got stuff everywhere on it. And uh, I, and I just, I'd not really considered like structuring it in that way, even simple things. And this, I just feel like an idiot now, but even simple things like having the colors you're using as like a, a point to go to, to get more of that color yeah. rather than having to wash out your brush, get a bit more out of the pot, put that down, wash yeah. out your brush again and go back. That I was just like, Oh my goodness, that's a great idea. And and actually, it's funny because I think you you're using the big one, aren't you? The big mm-hmm. red yeah, the artist I, one. I, yeah. I remember seeing that thinking, why would anybody need that? That's madness. And now I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I like that's cool. I let Henry laughed at me because the thing I, I took away from his video was these little silver pots that these little silver dishes oh, that he uses yeah, and they're, they're just amazing and i just go yeah. banging on about them because that was the first time i'd seen them and i just went and ordered loads of them so <sighs> um yeah yeah little tips like that that may not even be like conscious in the video but yeah like you say the the the, the way you structure the palette uh, around and then you do all the mixing in the middle mm. yeah tiny little take bits like that and one of the great things about the patrons, the, the feedback loop it creates, how I'm able to take questions and then turn those things I'd never consider and turning those into um, videos in and of yeah. themselves. Because I, I know uh, painting, it, it's, it can be quite uh, like a self, self-absorbing um, uh, a hobby, pastime, uh, profession. So I feel like a lot of the things I, I run along with my own train of thoughts and it may not be directly applicable to like a, a wider audience. So having people ask me why I do these things, it allows me to analyze why I do them in the first place and then build further videos on the top of that. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's it's been a great experience f- for me as as well as I hope uh, the patrons uh, who are on there. Uh, so that is the setup for this advent calendar. Every single day, you'll get a treat, whether it be a giveaway, um, a tutorial, or a PDF guide on how to do something. So there are much larger releases. So, for example, the Dreadnought I've been recently working on, the Sons of Horus, that's in there. That comes quite early on in the cycle. Uh, and then there's smaller, more useful videos, like how to paint red leather. That's only about six minutes long, but it's nice to bookmark so the next time you're painting red leather, you don't have to wade through like a three-hour video. It's right mm. there, ready and raring to go. It, it, it's clipped. It's to the point. It's directed towards you. I love these. That, that's, I that's, love that's... these. Those are my favorite. Um, yeah. Not not particularly necessarily red leather. I don't have a mad red leather thing going <laughs> on. But the idea of the small videos mm. with a technique. Um mm. Oh, I'll convert you after this video. You're going to be painting red leather on everything. Ah, <laughs> well, it's the right colour. Yeah. Uh, I suppose <laughs> to do, doing red leather. So, um... so I suppose one thing to clarify, Miles, is that the advent calendar is for patrons. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. will be a couple of standalone releases for everybody, but it is primarily for patrons as a as a big thank you for supporting me, especially in this year, 2020, where we're seeing smaller companies really struggle and it's Mm. no different for commission painters it's no different for anybody on that platform it's been a horrible year to to uh get over so even if you don't like the stuff that i do but you like an artist on patreon i would highly suggest that you uh pledge for at least one month because it helps out so much It, it it really is the difference between uh, so I, I guess this is something I read online, but it, it chimes that when you spend on Amazon, when you spend on a big business, it goes towards a CEO's bonus at the end of the year. If you spend local, that goes on ballet shoes to somebody. That goes on somebody's grocery bill. So buying small is such, uh, it, it's the lifeblood, I think, of this of this country. And it's the lifeblood of, of smaller artists who work in this medium. So if you do if, if, if you love somebody's work, please consider subscribing to their Patreon or buying a piece of artwork from them. Even if you're not in the position to do so, uh, like retweeting something they post on social media or reblogging or promoting them in some way helps out no end. It helps out no end. And that's a, a completely zero impact. You don't have to spend a penny on it to, um, to, to, to help them in, in, that, uh, in the situation. And yeah, also, if you second. buy something off a smaller place, they're more likely to send it by Royal Mail than deliver it themselves, like Amazon. And that yes. will help me because yes. I work for Royal Mail. So there we go. As if, as if amazing painting videos weren't enough. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> absolutely. Got it. And to top it all off, on the twenty fifth, I'll send out an exclusive video directly to your inbox. That's yours to keep. Um, oh. One thing I should mention as well, if you sign I up... Oh, now you can't move forward without telling us what the video is. Oh, uh, I'm... Because if it's a Slaneshi striptease, I mean... <laughs> that, that, that's good. So uh, I can tell you what I've done previous years. So the first year we launched it, it was a Del Varis video. So Del Varis is one of the, uh, I guess, fan favourites of the Horus Heresy books. He is a, uh, a boarding specialist yeah. on the Conqueror. So this is the guy who holds the ship whenever the Conqueror, the flagship of the World Eaters, is, is uh, boarded. And he's 
an excellent, a superlative hand-to-hand combat uh, man. So I show you how to convert him, how to paint him. Last oh. year, it was a custom conversion by the Fenripian Forge for uh, Remus Ventanus. So there's a PDF to go alongside that, talking about the construction from the artist who who um, who constructed him, as well as a full uh, painting guide to go alongside him. This year, you're going to get something equally as special. Awesome. But not only, not only, not only do you get that because of the way Patreon structured, you don't only get the releases this month; you get all previous releases as well. You get the Lion tutorials. All of them from non-metallic, uh, true metallic hybrid, how to paint black. You get the Sanguinius tutorial series. You get the painting the Legion series. You get word bearers. You get tanks. You get dreadnoughts. Hell, I'll even throw a teddy bear in there after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like four years worth of content just at your beck and call uh, with full project explanations and PDF support for them. Uh, so it's a bit of a deal for fifteen dollars or thirteen-ish quid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, yeah, yeah, it it's, it's it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one to sign up for, uh, or indeed any uh, artist you wish to support uh, this year. Well, I really appreciate that, Mars. Actually, you know, because given us just what you said about supporting businesses, we've we've tried our best this year to mm. to sort of get that message out. If, if the local com- com- companies your local gaming place the people who provide for your hobby uh, supporting them is awesome and you going into it with that ethos just is is such a superb way of doing things because we all have different styles and we all like different styles um, yes i have to say 100 percent. i've had a look at both of the videos that you sent me across they are brilliant um, oh thank you and um they tick and this is going to sound this is not meant to be demeaning in any way at all but they tick the basic boxes. Yeah. Um, not, you can see the model in, in focus, which is really yep. good. And you can see what you're doing um, and you can see your brush strokes and you can see all of the things that you're talking about. So um, it's more than just, oh, this is a rough guide of how to do my technique. You're picking up on what, what, we, what is a term we use in medicine. You're learning by osmosis. Mm-hmm. So there's even things that you're not necessarily being taught, that you are being taught just by being able to see it in that clarity of detail. So whatever kit you picked up, <clears throat> it was worth it because it, uh, it's they're great videos. Oh, I'm um, so happy you say that because when you see the finished product, I do this with our other artists, you see the finished product and you think, how on earth did they achieve that? The Patreon, the ethos from the very beginning is that I try and break down what seem like mesmerized, oh, not mesmerizing, that's the wrong word, but inaccessible. Yeah, techniques. I try and break them down into their simplest forms. I don't want to bamboozle you. I, I want to make this as as clear a process as possible. So yeah. each stage is understood as simply as possible. Uh, and it's weird you say teaching by osmosis. Um, something that I, I learned in university that that's kind of like stayed with me in the background of, of I guess, like this background fuzz that goes into your day-to-day thoughts. Um, there was a teacher of languages and he believed you don't take any notes, you don't write anything down, but rather you force your brain to engage with the language and construct sentences. So he sits two people down in the room and he tells them some simple phrases and then he starts speaking to them. Uh, it was French in this case. And the first half an hour is, is really torrid. But after that, your mind starts to get a handle of it. 
And I guess yeah. it's the same background fuzz thinking behind these videos that I'm trying to get you alongside me to do these techniques to show you that, well, there's not much mystery behind them. They're simple techniques built one on top of another to produce yeah. to produce the results. Yeah. Yeah, it really comes across uh, in the videos. It really does. And I think um, it's worth saying as well, for anyone that is listening that's considered it but maybe hasn't um, signed up to anything on Patreon or isn't, if not overly familiar, but um, is a bit wary, you know, Ben, ben and I have um, joined a number of Patreons across the year and it is such a user-friendly platform. Um, and actually there is something really nice about knowing that you're directly contributing to a person um, yeah. in, in like you were saying then Mars, you know, it, it's not just going into some big coffer somewhere. No, you're really getting didn't. something and you get access. Like, you know, you can then ask people, you can ask like you questions and, and comments and it, it's really good. So um, definitely we'd encourage people to do it. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage people, if you are new to, to Patreon, to use the web uh, version of it. The app, not it, so great. It doesn't no, have a search function, which is still so frustrating. Even to, um, even today, uh, th there is a website, littlelegendstudio.com. I post all links to mm. Patreon tutorial. So if you prefer to find the tutorials through that, that's a way of doing it. But there is a search function when you look at it through the web browser. So that's mm. how I recommend you navigate um, Patreon. Um, Whenever so, I log into Patreon on my phone app, it uh, it informs me that it's a new access. To yeah. I could have logged yeah. in a thousand times that year, mm -hmm. and it would send me an email saying it's clunky. Yeah, it actually, your Patreon has been accessed by a new device. Yeah. No, it hasn't. <laughs> so. Um, Something that I, I, I was because I was mulling over sort of questions. So when when we had Henry on um, from Cock Paint and, and he was talking about their Patreon, their 54 mil miniatures. And, and the really obvious thing for me there was, well, I haven't really painted much in 54 mil. So, so what would you say to me, you know, if I was wary because of that? And I think for you, the thing that I, I wanted to ask was like one thing that puts me off a little bit for um, pushing my painting, I suppose, or learning it or trying out techniques on videos is I, I don't, I don't get a lot of time and I feel like I'm always working towards an army project. And it's mm -hmm. almost like I have, don't feel like I've got time to then go and learn techniques. So mm -hmm. I'd just be interested to know what your thoughts, you know, if uh, yeah. anyone's thinking that way. No, no, no. It's, it's an incredibly common uh, thread that runs throughout my students primarily uh, so i do online uh, teaching as well but initially when we start um i would highly suggest at the start of a project writing down your aims for that project uh, so i have sticky notes everywhere that's it's like my thing i love making lists um, so with this krieg army coming up i know that i won't have much time to paint them up to the standards as say the sons of horus army i've just done yeah. because there's simply too many of them to do it so I need to employ techniques that'll give me the biggest bang for my buck. I need to employ things like an overbrush uh, with a dry brush. I need to use an airbrush to put down uh, lots of uh, like generalized tones. And I need to use oils. Uh, and oils, they're one of your biggest friends in this hobby. Use, the use of oils will transform the way that you paint miniatures because you don't necessarily need to employ a gloss varnish first. Yeah. It's one of these like 
it's one of these myths out in the community that you need to put oils, uh, a, a gloss varnish down first before using oils. Otherwise, it'll strip the miniature. It won't. Use sanders or thinner that you can find from any good reptile art store. Mix the oils with that, and away you go. You are good. Um, but make a list at the start of a project. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see it up here. Sanders or thinner. That is the stuff. Make, make a list of your project aims because how often have you started a project with the intention of, okay, this is just going to be a quick army. I want to smash out in a couple of months. I can get playing with it. But the more miniatures you paint, the, the longer it gets because the more techniques you want to apply, you want to do different things because you're a different person at the start of the project than where you are painting two months, three months, six months down the line. You've grown, you've learned different things. You want to try different things. So having that structured list at the very outset of the project that just reminds you of the aims you're trying to head towards will clarify your thinking moving forward. So having that little sticky note up above you, just reminding you your past self, shouting that future self, stay on target. You don't need to try loaded brush here. You don't need to do those uh, guardsmen in non-metallic metal. You don't need to put tufts on everything. Stay on I point. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that would be my biggest uh, uh, tip, clarifying your aims at the start of a project. Cool. I think um, Dan and I really struggle with that one, to be honest, because um, we both have very long-term projects. Mm-hmm. Um Dan's is corn and mine's my space tools. And every year that goes by, our approach to doing things changes, but we're always yeah. trying to keep them in line with all of the other previous stuff we've done. And we actually spoke to spoke with Henry last episode where drawing a line under each army and going, that space will find me 2020, that space will find me 2025 or or whatever. And they don't all have to be together. It's maybe a fresher way of doing it, but I have this awful habit now I've chosen how to paint my Stormcast, for example. They will never change because I, I, I expect my Stormcast army will grow into this massive thing <laughs> over the years. And yeah, that's they'll just intention. consume you, yep. Um, but, like, I, I had this exact same thing, and it's your fault, I'm going to say, this morning. <laughs> when, I saw, <laughs> when I saw the Space Wolves that you painted, I was like, uh-huh. God damn it yeah. <laughs> like, I, I need to put green in them now and i haven't put green in them yeah oh miles why did you do that to me <laughs> um yeah okay that that's uh so students again because they progress so quickly where they start from other project isn't necessarily where they end up after like two or three months because mm. you're just learning all the time you want to try new things so i think what henry suggests is a really nice way to kind of like underline projects this is 2000 so i've learned I try and reinforce this. Never go back and strip a miniature. Never change a miniature you've previously done because that's such a time sink. Not only are you changing the past, like a, a, like a lodstone in your development, yeah. but you're also taken away from a future project where you can be developing. Now, I'm not such a big believer in, okay, once you get a recipe down, every single miniature from now until the end of, of time needs to be painted like that. I don't mind changing miniatures even in the same army, having slight differences of tone. Um, So with my Sons of Horus, for example, the infantry has been painted slightly differently from the Dreadnought. Yeah. The base of the Dreadnought has been slightly uh, painted differently from from the the base. Every single one of those miniatures will go through a different experience on the battlefield in their life, and they'll all have 
they'll wear the sins of that they commit on on their on their on themselves, right? Yeah. So I'm not such a big believer in having each miniature monotonously painted exactly the same as the last. However, I, I do understand that army painting it it's a law unto itself, right? That consistency is is the the watchword. Yeah. Um, that you need to, but I find with coherent basing, with coherent um, weathering, no matter what level of it you introduce, the odd chip here and there is weathering. You don't need to plaster everything with weathering powder. Uh, the tufts that you use, the banners, the secondary um, colors, like the metallics that you use, those things will tie a collection together, even if you use slightly different color schemes on the main portion of the army. Yeah. It's so you're saying I should go for, go for some green in my next round of space? Absolutely, God, I'm lately you should. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you'll grow, you'll learn, you'll try something new. You've, you'll develop as an artist and as a person. What, I mean, what green would you recommend? Because what I'm thinking was, looking at it, mm -hmm. if I kept my primary colour progression the same, yep. which is the, the Fang, Russ, Fenrisian, Blue Horror-ish, mm -hmm. but introduced a little bit of green into the shading... Mm -hmm. Uh, um, so fans of mine, I, I get teased about this all the time. I rely on a certain set of colors and Inkeby darkness mm. is one of those colors. I'll use that in everything from skin tones to leather, black armor, especially, but space walls. So that's what give it that kind of like greenish underglow. Yeah. You take Inkeby darkness and you add something like five to six to seven parts thinner until it practically resembles dirty water. Yeah. Then you need to spray that. So you can complete the miniature, uh, and then you can spray that kind of like as an ambient undertone to it. So the legs, the armor, bits and pieces of the miniature, it's almost as if there's like this otherworldly fog yeah. existing around the miniatures. And you build up several successive layers of the Incubi darkness to uh, capture that underlight, that 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 creepy mist so basically sort of inverse zenith yeah yeah uh, or I, i'm trying to coin this phrase i'm desperately trying to coin this phrase but it's not taken off at all but nadia shading okay yeah yeah i got that yeah yeah it's never going to take off i'm not going to assent from it but if P if it comes into common usage i feel like i've done something good for the community <laughs> <laughs> so it was inky by darkness i think i thought it was something like celia green that you'd use oh no but there is a green in inky by darkness isn't there look at that uh, i'll double check the recipe but yeah quelia green shade can certainly be used in there uh, it's i use quelia green shade to tie together my sons of horus yeah so um the, the the recipes between the dreadnought and the infantry, for example, are slightly different, uh, but Quelia Green Shade binds them together. Yeah, I'll double check the recipe, but either in Kibi Darkness, I know for certain, it was either used in the creation of the grey, uh, because I love pigment, I like spiking colour, um, like especially neutral colours, like grey, yeah. with other colour influences, like in Kibi Darkness. So I, I can't remember exactly whether I mixed in the initial base coat or whether it came on as a glaze uh, or filter layer at the end. But, but I'll when, double check my notes. When you do your filter layer, do you do you lift off the surface? We're going back to hobby desk stuff now, but do you lift <laughs> off the raised areas using like airbrush thinner or something? Uh, no. Um, what I tend to do is tilt the miniature in such a way that I'm only airbrushing up at the shadow. 
So with Zenthal highlighting is from above directly, and he only picks up on those bits where sunlight would naturally hit. But with a Nadia shadow, I can invert that, so I'm only airbrushing up at the miniature. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be playing now. Lots of... Yeah, lots to explore, lots to discover. So I think um, I think that's a wonderful roundup, Mars. About like, I've learned loads just from today's chat, um, and I learned well, well I, you know, when we were chatting the other day, a lot of our conversation went into finishing my standard bearer. So yes, you know, I think it, it for me it comes across what sort of teacher you are, and um, I think the Patreon, like I said, the videos are great, and I hope people do go and have a look, mate. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, and keep me up to date as well, especially with the colour choices you make of that guy. uh, If if you want to run anything past me, please, please let me know. Oh, you don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I've loved having you. I've I've loved having you on Mars. It's great to like. So I've I've seen your painting, um, you know, ever since I really started doing bits of heresy and stuff, and and loved it Mm. and thought, oh, that's cool. And it's just so nice to chat to chat to the person at the end of the brush i suppose yeah um, yeah it's been really it's it's great so thank you mental case yeah so the way i got into commission painting and horus heresy was actually through angron i was a wine merchant i was flicking through uh facebook or whatever uh during my lunch break and angron popped up whoa what's this miniature um and i thought well i'm I ne- i'm never gonna want that miniature i'm never gonna want it for me I'm never going to own a World Eaters army. No interest. But I really want to paint it. Good man. I, I wonder if somebody will pay me to paint it. And that's that <laughs> decision has led me here. Talking talking to you, fine gents. Do you know what I found really interesting as well, actually? Is I, I've done it again right at the end. I've come in with something. But if this has got anything to do with 3D printing, Dan, you've had the- <laughs> No, 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 not at all. What what's been fascinating talking to you it's like the extra stuff behind commissioning something for painting so like uh, yeah it, it's it's not just a case of right I, i'd like this squad of space marines mm-hmm. and and that's you're not just you're buying so much more like the knowledge yeah. and the that what you were talking about about talking to people about concept around mm-hmm. the space walls and stuff like that and and the knowledge i just uh, yeah, I just think it's really interesting, and and actually, it shines a, a light on commission painting that maybe, you know, people don't see. Yeah. yeah, it's it's always been the intention behind the Legend Studio to have a more bespoke service. So it, it's not a case of could you paint my twenty goblins? Uh, we don't tend to do that sort of work. It it tends to be people who want to develop a theme. I mean, everything you talk about in your show, theme concept color palette what do you want to say what do you want to represent with this army i think it comes across in the work as well it's not just um like cut and paste recipes it's individualized to you uh, yeah it, it 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 it's an expression of your own tastes but we get the pleasure of of doing it that's ace Brilliant. awesome so um We've got one last little chat to have about any random stuff that we can think of, which I'm sure we'll help with something um, in the wild section. But um, thank you very much for that, Mars. Awesome. Oh, my pleasure.
Hi guys. Um, we've just been having a natter off in between because um, we just what you do, <laughs> and I actually realised that we probably should have been recording it. Um, so we're, we're in the wild section and we get to talk about just about whatever. Uh, and it, it, I suppose it has come across to me that we've never really talked about commission painting. And I was just saying to Miles that um, one of the things that I think comes across from um, Little Legend Studios is is that um, I feel like if I was to get Miles to paint my army, there would be a collaboration there and it would feel like, still feel like my army. And I would also feel that there's there's enough of a collaboration there that I would learn enough to be able to put up a decent representation of a unit to go into that same army and not look out of place. And then you just drop this bombshell that you record everything that you yep. paint. So... And or that you everything. give to the clients so that they can watch how you did it and try and replicate it. Yep. I, I don't know if other people do that, but I think that that is just uh, absolutely it's not, golden. Yeah, it's not a service I really advertise. Well, not yet, anyway. I've um, just gone and splashed it out. Yeah, just gone. Yeah, the, this is a new service we offer. Yeah, it has some. It has, it's something uh, we've we've been because I work with a couple of other artists, local mm. artists in the area, uh, to help lighten the load. And it's something we've been talking about. Um, so if you wanted to have like a paint scheme developed for your army, you just need to send one miniature, tell us the, the brief, what you want to achieve with it, and we'll produce a full 4K video tutorial based in the style of the Patreon. So step by step. Color recipes. And the great thing is if you tell us, you only have Games Workshop paints. Well, we'll only use Games Workshop paints to replicate it. If you don't have an airbrush, we won't use an airbrush. We'll, yeah. we'll work to the specifications that, because not everybody has the same setup we do. We realize that. Not, yeah. not everybody use, wants a goddamn airbrush. It, it's no, messy. It can be a right pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. It is. Yeah. What, what's wrong with just taking paint and putting on the palette and then splashing on the miniature? Nothing. Mm. And we'll develop a video around your specifications. Um, and you just mentioned it feels more like a collaboration. Now, I yeah. really don't mind admitting this uh, in public. I've, I've said this many a time. I, I found it very early on, I'm very bad at being a businessman. And I, 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 if a miniature needed an extra layer of paint, I wouldn't mind adding it, even if it cut into my uh what, what's the phrase bottom line in, yeah into the bottom line exactly mm. even if it cuts into that i wouldn't mind putting an extra lick of paint to make a project really shine mm. um because i want like you said i want it to feel like it's your army it just so happened that i painted it um so that's Brilliant. that's the ethos behind it that's why i try and impart to my artists that's why i try and impart to anybody on the patreon and you know great uh that if I get to paint something uh, uh, for a client, I film it, I can develop a video off that. Not only can I share it with you, I can share it with a community of people mm. who want to do that same thing as well. So yeah, yeah. that's why. I, and it, <laughs> it makes great content for the end of the year when I need to do 25 goddamn individual <laughs> tutorials <laughs> for the advent calendar. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. No, so that's one, great. So what else, do you have anything that particularly you wanted to talk about on separate topics, Miles, while we fill the world section up? Um, otherwise, I have a few things. Uh, I, there's nothing that immediately springs to mind. No, hit me. What, what, what have you got? Well, I, I thought it would be quite cool to add in here. We could 
we probably should have talked about it in 40k but the <laughs> the new uh the new necromander um uh van sargangers oh yeah the guys on the hoverboards the hoverboards what do you think of those uh I'm going to play devil's advocate. Now, I, I love them. Uh, I think they're very like synthwave, but I have heard um, from, from players in, in, in my gaming group that it doesn't quite fit the, the um, aesthetic of Necromunda, which I guess is kind of like cyberpunk Dickensian. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's, it's one of those, it's like the Repulsor, like the uh, Primaris engines, right? It's, it's so new. We haven't seen it before. It's been in the art. It's certainly been in the art before where you've had like cargo loaders in the background. We've seen in John Blanchard, but it's just so new. It'll take a little while to get used to. It'll get a little while to wrap our heads around. And I think they'll be a lot more accepted when you see kind of like that grim, dark-esque uh, uh, paint job applied to them where you can just slap enamels on them and chip them up with a sponge. I think uh, I, 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 I kind of... I saw them when I was overly, I was very excited um, mm -hmm. because I think that Necromunda for me is a lot about that kind of, have you seen the Warriors, the film? Oh God, yeah. Oh, yeah, great, yeah. great film. Um, in fact, I nearly painted one of my gangs to look like the um, the, the uh, baseball gang. Yeah, I was, yeah, with like the white and black yeah. makeup, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I ended up going for the Joker face paint, but... Um, <laughs> It's another, it's another thing, but what I think is about them is that I think there is Necromunda for me is very much about the punk, and by the punk I mean you could insert whatever punk you want to put in that, so steampunk, nuclear punk, whatever punk it is, um, and I think that gangs of kids whooping around on some form of bike, whether it hovers or rides on the floor, is exactly the sort of thing that I would expect to see in Necromunda. And the Vansars are arrogant, and they've got their hands on technology that, quite frankly, I think the Mechanicum would have their guts for garters if they <laughs> yes. really... Yeah. They mentioned that in the show, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah. I, I think I think the hoverboard is one of those things that... But I don't expect it works as well as, like, the Helion ones, or Helios ones, that the yeah. Dark Elder have. I think they probably smash them I mean, they're a lot bigger for a start i think they're probably smashing them into buildings and um just being all sorts of trouble but i just can f imagine being on the street in a necromunda settlement eating my rat burger you know with the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the vendors the around and and these guys mm -hmm. hollering overhead I, it just it fit for me it, it, straight away it fit for me and i was a bit surprised yeah. when i saw so much do you Negative. know what I think it is? Necromunda, it, it, it's such a new game. And I know it has a past history, span over 30 years since a confrontation in White Dwarfs. Yeah. But we don't really, we've never had this much information about the individual gangs up until no, this point. Haven't. They've been blurbs snippets, certainly. But yeah. having these like full plush, I mean, the I play Goliath in Necromunda. That book is freaking amazing, the Book of Chains. It gives you so much detail over yeah. the creation of the gang, how they just interact with each other and other gangs in society. It, yeah. it's, it's a new, changing, evolving game. And I think these new things, 
you might have a bit of like a quizzical look. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure like when you when you put it like that, these, these young guys just wa- uh, hollering and whooping and, and zipping around the house. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, I think you've um, just right. completely stolen my thunder because that's exactly what oh, I was going to say. What you could do, that's say good. it again and just edit me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, think... I do think it's it's you do see it a lot now um, because, you know, we I think we even mentioned it last time we recorded. If you compare how much is available now for Necromunda to what was available the first official necromunda time round the box that ben's got behind him there it mm-hmm. yeah. so much more has been done so yeah. much more has been done now that that you know the aesthetic or, or what have you is being developed far yes. beyond what it was yeah. when that game went off sale you know and uh, yeah chris a uh, f- friend of mine chris is, is just mad about necromunda and he's just i think just constantly gibbering in excitement at yeah, if, if you're looking to develop yourself as a painter, get a Necromunda gang because they have armor, they have skin, they some of them have fur. So, uh, there's just a multiplicity of different textures that you could develop. And you could even do like a concept thing with maybe like two light sources. You could do a really, really cyberpunk synthwave oh. concept. Yeah, so oh, magenta from one days. side, turquoise from another. No. I yeah. just my mind has just exploded on itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last month's white dwarf um uh, one of the uh, games workshop parties he did a brilliant thing okay he had limited time I-, I loved reading this because this is exactly what i do he had such a limited time to produce his gang he needed to do a color scheme to to fit in with his time frame so all he did with uh, the delac is just do an under lighting to the face mm with the black and that's that's all he needed to do and they looked amazing yeah there's so much to do with with necromunda i've just got this image of a gang of of warlocks standing outside the front of a bar like mm-hmm. with the neon lights on some yeah. on the different sides of them that, mm-hmm. oh that would look so good it's really easy to do with an airbrush as well yes yeah is that maxime maxime yeah yeah yes it is yeah, yeah. phenomenally it- talented artist he is. He's a great. He's a great army painter. Oof, yeah. So how how about um, how about we go for top five painting tips, each one within a sentence. Ooh. Okay. Let's see whether I can do this. Stop licking your brushes. <gasps> no. Yep. Uh, okay. Let me. Let me. Okay. Stop licking your brushes. They're no good for you. Learn to dilute paint while... Oh, that's a terrible sentence. Hold on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrible... um, Okay. Learn the difference between dilution of paint and moistness on brush. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's a good one, actually. Yeah. I'm not very good at it to do better. Incorporate the primary colors into your palette. Yeah. Um, don't focus so much on brush size, comma, concentrate instead, or semicolon, whatever to do to attach the centers. Concentrate instead on the tip of the brush. That's where the work, that's where the magic happens. That's four. Um, that's an archer's quote, isn't it? Just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> 
just oh, that that's a lot more concise yeah um concentrate on the tip um fifth one fifth one fifth one concentrate on becoming the painter you want to be rather than the painters you see on social media oh yeah that's a good one yeah so many students uh, and it, it's very easy to fall into this trap i do it myself because so many people are producing so much stuff online it almost feels like you're falling behind like yeah. all these great artists doing different things experimenting doing this doing that doing the other when really it's a bit of a false economy because i i paint full time so of course there'll be like lots of varied content on my social media because i'm doing this all day every day for at least eight hours don't try and compare yourself to other people. Instead, learn to appreciate what they do and steal what they do. Incorporate their style, the things you enjoy about their work into your own work and become the painter you are rather than trying to imitate somebody else. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Yeah, stop licking your goddamn brushes as well. That's a terrible habit to get into, especially when you start doing oil paints. Oh, yeah. Well, my personal favorite is when you lick the brush when you're doing... Um, microset microsoft by accident and you yeah, feels like the back like, of your head's just blown <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so how would you i mean because i lit my brush is, mm-hmm. is, is that's a that uh, is a habit mm-hmm. it's definitely a habit but yeah. i do it to bring my brush to a point mm-hmm. so what you could do is that do you have a brush nearby i have far too many brushes Gra- grab a brush grab a brush okay oh. let's, let's try this I'm going to lick it. <laughs> oh, oh, my, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, full on break. I'm having like PTSD flashbacks to NARM now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to bring it to a point, instead of licking it, try and hold the bristles um, in the crook of your little finger and drag the paintbrush up. Not sure I understand that. So, uh, hold on. Oh, this would be so much easier if I could get my camera to work. So, hold the brush as you normally would in, during a painting session. Yep. Uh, right. Now, uh, so, on the same hand. This is great radio. Hold, yeah. That you hold the brush. <laughs> yeah. Point the brush down past your little finger. That's it. Now, drag it up, dragging it through the little, the crook of your little finger. That's it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could. So How about it, all the tissues and all that? Yeah, tish, tissue, tissue will do as well. Tissue will, will very much do. I know Tommy Saul does it on his trousers. Um, gets, yeah. gets this point. Um, he, he's a big anti-brush licker as well. Yes. Yeah, I actually got it from him. Uh, and it just, as soon as he started talking about it, it made so much sense. But then again, you have some of the best painters in the world who lick their brushes, like Ben Comets. and. Mm-hmm. But I am definitely on the side of anti-brush licking. Well, there we go. It's gonna, I'm going to have to now focus on not licking my brush. Yes. And every time you do, try and reinforce good habits. So when you don't lick your brush, I know, like pop a mint in your mouth. I, I'm trying to lose weight, man. I've I that if I did that, I'd end up like um, Yeah. You good, could give good. yourself a token. And then when you've got a lot of tokens, you get a marble because that's what we're doing with Joshua. Get and, you marble. know, he's very excited. Yeah, he's when he when he's good, he gets uh, a token, which is actually this sounds this sounds awful now. It's actually the the top of a milk bottle, <laughs> the plastic top, and we give him that as a token. And then he's got a jar, and he saves them up. And when he gets to the top, 
of all these little things he's done. He gets a marble and he gets like something little. And then once the marble jar is full, he can like pick like a big Lego kit or something. I have Thanks. a two-year-old. That's mm. goddamn gold for me. Thank you so. I'm gonna. I'm. Go, I'm gonna tell my wife that as, as soon. As I, that. Uh, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> I can't much. take the credit. That's my, my, my wife. She's um, she's amazing, and she spends lots of um, time and thought into how to to help both because we've got Joshua who's four and Hannah mm. who's one, um, and they are full of beans yeah, and trying to control the madness. Uh-huh. Is, is her, her full-time job literally and because uh, <laughs> it's mental <laughs> uh, uh, yeah <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah okay and you control them through milk marbles milk through, through the top of a milk bottle yeah and, and marbles okay yeah. i'm, I'm, go- I'm implement- implementing that tomorrow i we have um this is actually quite a good end to the episode because our next episode is going to be about um dad hammering so ah. as in war hammering and being a dad and um, no, that's quite. I'm glad you clarified. Nice it's not a case of yeah, running dad. around and hitting dads with hammers. No. Um, but, <laughs> that's not um, like a kinky thing. My um, <laughs> my little boy is big into Pokemon. So at the moment, we bought a big set of Pokemon cards and I split them down into little packs. And he has to do 35 little chores and he gets himself a little pack of Pokemon cards. And I thought this was an absolute dead cert. Uh-huh. Uh, and for one week now, he hasn't done a single chore. So, I mean, not even Pokemon cards will convince this little um, Yeah, but they're like, they're crazy, man. They are like the Borg. We've said this before. They adapt. They are so they adaptive. Yeah. You come up with what you think is the perfect way to get them to go to sleep. And it works. And it works just long enough that you think, yes, I've got them. And then they flip and adapt. And you've got to change again. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> just go and increase the amount of brandy they drink before going to bed. Yes. Yes, that's <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's his birthday tomorrow. And he's telling everyone in the universe. And to the point where I'm, I'm currently building my hobby shed out in the back garden, which is breaking me a little bit. Um, <laughs> And because it's been a lot of heavy work um, over the lockdowns because we haven't been able to get builders and tradesmen in. So I've had to learn how to do a lot of things. And we laid the power cable today. So I had to have an electrician come to cap it off at both ends. So put the the, um, mm-hmm. the unit in the shed and put it into the fuse box in the house. And um, I, I kid you not, it took five seconds to tell this complete stranger it was his birthday tomorrow. Literally <laughs> five seconds. So... Oh, Tristan, this is, you know, I won't say his name. This is the dude's come to do our house. Um, and um, goes, oh, hi, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> it's like anybody who's been to kids. Oxford or Cambridge University, five seconds in the conversation, they mention. Yes. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. So um, we got, well, this sign off, we've got a bit more to cover. So um, if you want to find Miles, um, Little Legend Studio instantly brings up um his his accounts on uh twitter instagram and facebook um and in google it's the top of the list so dead easy to find little legends spelled l-i-l um and then legends so missing out the tool in the middle of <laughs> yes little, yeah. little legends um and dan and i if you're feeling adventurous um can be found on twitter instagram and facebook at the two-piece podcast and we do have a website although it's not been particularly well maintained time constraints and all that at the two is uh, two peas in a pod.com 
So it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Miles. Oh, it's been so fun. So thank you so much for having me on. And, and, and at, at that, that tip with the marbles, my God, I feel like my, <laughs> just my, my world has been, I feel like I'm seeing colour for the first time. <laughs> um, and if, if it's okay with you, we'll invite you on again in the future. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Anytime you want, guys. Um, it, it, listener questions, your questions, whatever. Yeah, please, 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 please do. Yeah, absolutely love this. Brilliant. Well, it's Fantastic. been a, a episode 59 episode 60 will be out hopefully in two weeks um where like we said last time we'll be we'll be doing a little bit on um parenting and and whole being so if anyone has any tips or ideas or questions um please send them our way and we'll try our best to find someone who knows what they're talking about and ask them (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.